Welcome to Everyday Greatness, a nice little show proudly brought to you by major sponsor ARA Group, one of Australia's greatest supporters of community projects. Everyday Greatness is a show hosted by a real human being, talking to some real people about real human issues that will help make you feel proud again of simply being a good solid Joe Bag of Donuts. Here's your host, Barnaby Howarth. Welcome to Everyday Greatness and thanks for listening. I'm your host, Barnaby Howarth. This is a show designed to help people realise there is greatness in being an everyday Harry Sacker Rolls. Chasing perfection is like going for a surf with the sole goal of riding the ultimate wave. If you go out for a surf where the only acceptable outcome is to ride a perfect six-foot barrelling wave with a glass face, which you stay on for a couple of minutes, if you get a nice five-foot crumbling wave and rip a couple of floaters and a 360 aerial, that won't be good enough and you'll come out disappointed. My guest today, Michael Talbot, was chasing that ultimate wave as a child, which led him to an eating disorder. Michael wanted to play in the AFL, but his natural abilities only made him a solid footballer. But Michael wanted more. He overtrained and underate to make up for any shortfalls in his natural abilities. After giving more than what he had to give while he was playing AFL in Sydney, but still not finding his perfection, Michael moved to Melbourne and played in the VFL, where there were enough talent scouts, talent scouts around that if he was doing something huge, they could make something happen. In a huge twist of irony, when Michael stopped trying to find perfection, his life started getting perfect. Michael started enjoying the environment around him. He worked hard at football, but he wasn't obsessing over becoming the perfect athlete. He took pride in the small things, hanging out with his friends, being more sociable, and big things started happening. Michael met the girl of his dreams, they had a dream wedding, and they now have the perfect family with their two young boys in Yamba. Michael wanted to be perfect, but he couldn't rise to the level he'd set for himself. Then, with nothing more than what was already inside him, Michael is now living a life a lot of people consider to be perfect. To tell us about his journey, I'd like to welcome to Everyday Greatness, Michael Talbot. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Barnes. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm uh, honoured to be to be asked to get on your show. It's, uh, yeah, epic what you've put together and uh, looking forward to the chat. I'll stop it. So describe for us <laughs> the man you are today. Mate, I'm content. I'm happy. Uh, I'm pretty calm, pretty laid back these days, and you know it's hard not to be living in Yamba on the, uh, the northern New South Wales coast. Um, yeah, mate, I, I feel I'm I'm you know content, maybe the maybe the right word, but still with uh, with ambition. If if that, I don't know if that's a juxtaposition or not. Yeah, content with ambition. Let let let's run with that. That sounds perfect to me. So when you were a teenager and, and chasing perfection, describe the man you wanted to be when you were, when you were striving for being the perfect athlete then. Uh, I think, yeah, as a teenager, I mean, it's, you know, 25 years ago now, kind of at that point where I, you know, was seriously 
wanting to to make the AFL, and that's kind of that was my sole focus. And you know, when everything went kind of in that direction and and had that focus, I I kind of you know I thought I was, I thought I had a clear sight of where I wanted to go, but but I, I did lose. You know, I, I lost. There was there was something that went adrift. Um, but yeah, I, I just wasn't. I guess unfocused, you know, I, I, the more focused I thought I was becoming, I was actually becoming less focused and, and the opportunities became further and further away. But I, it took me a while to, to realise what was going on. So what extreme lengths were you going to in your pursuit of trying to be a perfect athlete? Mate, I, I guess I was doing things that, you know, the books the books and coaches and whatnot were saying, you know, this is what you need to do to get to the AFL, to become a great athlete, you know, to become, to become a perfect athlete, to, to achieve what I wanted to achieve. I was, you know, I was running every day, but, and then, but, and not eating fat, you know, back in the, back in the mid nineties, it was, it was, you know, low fat, keep your exercise up, low fat, low fat. So, I cut all fat out of my diet. I was still doing more and more exercise. And, um, you know, I was kind of almost three meals a day. I was just eating cornflakes with light, you know, light milk. And some days if I didn't want the fat from the milk, I was just putting water with it. And, you know, eventually it did take a while, but eventually that, that kind of wore my body down and I lost, lost a lot of weight. Um, you know, I think 48 kilos was, was, the weight I was at when mum and dad kind of said, uh, you know, this is, they knew something was up and I, it just wasn't registering in my mind. Um, but it, it got to that point where I, it, it got to a weight which almost wasn't, you know, recognisable and, and ended up in hospital, um, you know, at the, at the start of year 11, uh, I think when I was 16 um, years of age. So, yeah, it was it was an exercise induced kind of anorexia, which which is how they kind of the the hospital kind of framed it. Um, but yeah, it, it was essentially doing those things: no fat, too much exercise, um, and with with you know an OCD of not sitting down and thinking that uh, everyone else isn't, you know, no one else is doing as much as I'm doing and being as fit as I'm doing. Everyone else is sitting down, watching watching stuff on the couch. I'm standing up, walking around the house, doing things that require energy. And yeah, it was just a very it's it's very hard to to kind of fathom, kind of that that was the sole focus of of where I was at. And thinking, you know, looking back now and thinking, how the, how the hell did I think that that was the the right thing to do? But your mind, uh, yeah, your mind can play tricks when when the focus is probably too too maniacal. Who were some of the perfect athletes in your eyes that you were trying to emulate? Uh, you know, AFL was obviously kind of a, a big, big um, focus for me. So it was, you know, the, the, the players who, you know, who you would know, Wayne Campbell, who was at Richmond Tigers, and the Shane Crawford from Hawthorne, and these guys who were running 20 and 30 kilometres a, a match, you know, I was I was modelling myself on these guys and, and trying to trying to emulate kind of how they played and um, 
you know, where they fit into a team structure. That 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 was kind of, you know, in terms of exactly who there were. There are a few, but those two, I think, come to mind as the ones that I, I really kind of focused on. Mm-hmm. Good play, those two. When uh, they, they when, could play, they could play. When you were playing Aussie Rules, if you had a good game or a solid game, or you were pretty good. Was that enough for you, or did you have to be the best player to be proud of yourself? Mate, i i had to be I had to be best on ground. I wasn't happy with anything anything less. Um, the older I got, and the more competitive I got, and playing with better and better players, um, that's when kind of that focus shifted and a lot of focus shifted you know the realization that you know my my talents could only get me so far um but it, it was yeah especially in the mid mid teens uh to late teens it was all about kind of if i wasn't being the best i wasn't happy at all and and um you know i'm talking about negatively to myself and you know that the the vicious cycle of that added to kind of the rest of the um, you know the the eating issues I had and the exercise over exercising. It, it kind of they all played a part in in heading in the wrong direction. In that case, then, what did you think of people who were proud of trying their hardest and being proud of themselves, even if they weren't winners? That's a re- that's a really good question. You know, what, truth be told, I thought that they. I didn't think they were ambitious enough and I didn't think that, you know, they didn't have what it took to become, you know, to play at that top level or to, you know, you've got to get, you could get more out of yourself, just have a higher ambition. That's kind of what I was, how I thought. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's certainly, certainly they, they probably had the right idea back, back, uh, back then. Did you ever have moments when you realised maybe you weren't going to be the perfect perfect athlete? Yeah, there were there was there were times when you know I, people other people around me could probably see it a lot earlier than what I could. Um, but just surrounding myself with better players, um, you know, I think it. It it dawned on me over over a period of time that I wasn't as quick. I wasn't as you know I, I wasn't as skillful. Um, I couldn't tackle as well. I got bumped off the ball a lot easier. You know when those things started to happen um, in my late teens, it, it it started to kind of dawn on me that I may be going about things the wrong way. Um, and how did that make so, you feel when you had those moments? Yeah, oh, it was. It was devastating because I felt I knew what I was doing wrong, uh, and I knew that that hitting those targets and becoming perfect, you know, the way I was doing it wasn't working. But it was it was extremely hard for me to change those ways, um, and the focus. Yeah, it, it wasn't as easy as oh, these guys are, you know, these guys are playing better than me, they're stronger than me, they're, they're achieving more and they're achieving what I wanted to achieve, but it, it 
still, you know, my mind wasn't allowing myself to switch over then and there to go, all right, we need to stop this and we need to refocus on having fun and enjoying yourself. Um, which, you know, if I did that straight away, it could have been a different story. I would have been enjoying my study and social life a lot more, you know, between the ages of 15 and 20 where, uh, where I lost a lot of, you know, I did just a chunk of my life, which just feels like it, it kind of, I blinked and I didn't achieve much in that time and, and I missed out on a lot. Mm. Was there a single moment when you realised that this obsession with perfection might be doing you more harm than good? There was. There was. And thinking back, it was a period, I, I've got a twin brother and he, you know, he was he was bigger than me, kind of taller, more solid. Um, and we always used to wrestle, but then, you know, we were wrestling, I think we must have been 16. Uh, or 17 at the time, 17 at the time, and we were wrestling, and I just could not, I just could not move him, you know, and then I just broke down, and he was, you know, on top of me, wrestling, not letting me up, and I just broke down, and like I'd, I'd kind of never cried before, and um, it was a, it was just one of that, like everything came out that I must have had bottled up over a couple of years, um, and from that point, I kind of knew I needed to change my folk, my, my kind of the psych of where, uh, you know, the psychological um, boundaries that, that I kind of put in place. I needed to change how I was thinking. But it still took a couple of years after that of constant work to, to get to a place where I was comfortable and manageable, you know, being able to manage those thoughts and, and, um, you know, the, the strive that I, uh, you know, that, that kind of focus that I had for perfection, it still took a while after that, but that was a point that, that kind of really, really flicked the switch. Mm-hmm. Nice work, Rick. And you're a good wrestler. <laughs> so how did your yeah, life start yeah, no. changing when you realized, when you relaxed and took the pressure off yourself? I was... I guess I started accepting help um, with an amazing family around me. Um, you know, mum, dad, sisters, brother, they they put up with a lot and uh, being, a, being a father now, it, you know, I can only imagine the hell I kind of put mum and dad through. Um, and I, I, it was just accepting and starting to, realized what I was doing was making everyone else around me um, upset and affecting their lives. Uh, that's kind of when when I kind of kind of realized. So yeah, I, I ended up in hospital for six six odd weeks, um, potentially could have been more. Um, you know, putting on that weight as well to a healthy weight that was it was kind of where I should have been as, as a 17 year old um, and then just working working on myself in terms of just a different focus different dreams different goals um, yeah it, it, it took a few years um, but the point where it really 
I, I guess the thing that really helped was realizing as a kind of, you know, as a 20 year old, so even a few years after hospital, um, just changing my scenery, moving from home over to the US to do a season in, you know, a ski season in, in California, um, and coming back, moving to Melbourne and just saying to myself, all right, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm going to give footy a crack. And if I don't make it, I'm happy with that. If I do, great. But I kind of just had these goals set that, that you know, I wasn't as maniacal about, but um, but failure wasn't wasn't scaring me as it, as it used to. Um, but the change of scenery, just getting out of the house I grew up in and all those problems that happened essentially in that environment, in that house, physical house i think just changing the physical location made a massive difference um yeah that's that's like it give it a crack so what advice would you give to any kids who are obsessing over trying to be perfect is it worth it um it's a funny question because I think those, to a degree, if I can say yes or no, is that an answer I can give? Of course it's an answer. Um, you know, the determination and the will I had to just, you know, I wasn't thinking about anything else. All I focused on was footy, exercise, eating. You know, the determination I had and no one could, you know, no one could push me off that line or that direction like, I didn't have a beer, you know, I didn't have a beer till I was, you know, 21, 22. Um, you know, I was just solely focused on being the fittest person I could be. Um, and I think, that, you know, even though it led me to a, to a very, very low point, which, which affected, you know, potentially the, the funnest years of your life between 15 and 20. Um, so that set, you know, even though it was, it was pretty, pretty negative back then it did set me you know even now that determination and will for something i want to achieve i still i am still able to say no or yes and go hard at it or no and just shut it out i'm I'm, it's very hard to kind of twist my twist my arm Uh, i think that's positive that came that came from it Mm -hmm. um but perfection's yeah perfection's not you know it's not a thing it's perfect i don't think exists um unless you're doing a math test and you get 10 out of 10 let me ask you this then what lessons about obsessing over perfection do you try and teach your own boys i think it's that i think it's that we don't talk about perfection in our household because you know it never comes up it's more around having fun and being kind of dedicated to what you say you're going to do. Uh, and I think that angle and, and that focus from myself as a father is how I kind of, I guess, how I kind of teach teach that or wish to instill that into, into the kids. Um, you know, if you're going to do something, even if after a few weeks you don't enjoy it, but you said you were going to do two months of it, then you just got to ride it out and make the best of the situation. But kind of, you know, 
do what do what you say you're going to do, and, and I think that's a good trait for for anyone to have. Yep, very good advice. So, when you were in the thick of obsessing over perfection as a teenager, would you have thought one of the happiest moments of your life would be going out for a surf when you're nearly forty with your two young boys? Not at all, mate. I don't think. Uh, you know, I, 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 I always knew I wanted to have kids, um, even at a young age. I always loved kids, and you know, wanted to be a dad and have a family. But I never kind of thought. I never really thought too hard about what that looked like. But now it's 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 insane how fun it is just going for a swim or a body surf with the kids or having a surf with. Um, you know, with with the boys and and Haley as well, uh, as a family, it it brings a joy that you can't. It, it it's hard to describe. Um, you know, I get I, I know, and a lot of people say this, and now I know it's true. You know, you get a lot of fun. Just you just I just get a lot of satisfaction and a big heart when I see the kids just massive smile on their face getting dumped on a shore at our at our local beach. Um. It's hard to beat. Well, Michael Talbot, it's normally an offensive thing when someone says you're full of it, but I think you're full of pearls of wisdom. Thank you so much for joining me on Everyday Greatness. <laughs> A pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. I, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to the to the other guests you've got on. There's there's some there's some crackers lined up. So um, yeah, mate, can't wait. Thank you, Michael. And yes, you're right. There are some crackers. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Thank you to the ARA Group for being our major sponsor. Thank you to Look Studio, Look Studio Australia for recording this podcast. And thank you to Let's Go Planet for giving us a venue to record this podcast. And I hope that when you put your device down in, in a second, you lift your head up, push your shoulders back, puff your chest out, and walk down the street proud of being an everyday Joe Bag of Donuts. This is the end of Season 3. I hope we've helped you overcome some challenges you faced in your life as a real human being and that you don't underestimate that the tiny, kind things you do are helping you build the resilience inside you, your community and your family. In a world where people feel they have to be the best to be proud of themselves, I hope Everyday Greatness has helped you feel proud to be a real human being. Thank you so much and I look forward to seeing you all in Season 4. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Greatness, proudly brought to you by major sponsor ARA Group. If you'd like to stay up to date, check out our pages on Facebook and Instagram or to listen to more episodes, go to everydaygreatness.com.au or wherever you get your podcasts.